Hello and welcome. I'm Pam Pastor. If this is your first time tuning in, know that God honors and blesses those who diligently seek his word and also put it into action. You see, friends, there are spiritual principles that align with the word of God, and we'll be looking into those further over the next several weeks. But if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, we learn from the book of Jeremiah. So be prepared to power up your life as you join me and others each week as we explore all things pertaining to Jesus. Now let's center ourselves as we prepare to enter into God's presence. We're going to, I'm going to read a benediction, which comes from Moses's brother, priest Aaron, and it's directly out of the book of Numbers chapter six, verses 24 through 26. And this blessing says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, again, welcome back or welcome if this is your first time. You know, in different settings, Jesus gave himself names that pointed to special roles that he was ready to fulfill for the people. And some of these refer back to Old Testament promises of the Messiah. Others were ways to help people understand him. The first name Jesus called himself is his favorite. He called himself Son of Man. This name emphasized his humanity, but the way he used it was a claim to his divinity. And our first scripture reference comes from the book of John, chapter 6, verse 27. But you shouldn't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that I, the Son of Man, can give you. For God the Father has sent me for that very purpose. This is a fantastic reference to place our focus upon when we're fasting. Our energy must engage with the eternal and shift away from the carnal, temporal world. We're to give our priority and focus upon God first. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 goes on to instruct us and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. You see friends, when we place God first place within our lives, our desires and our what we're being filled with, we take on his character, making it our very own. We create a pattern to live our lives by. We serve and obey him in all things. Other people, our life goals and desires change when we seek God first. Our lives not only look different, they are different. We begin to apply spiritual principles directly into our life. We live from what the word of God says, and then we take action and back it by what we say. We've been given that authority. Remember, our eternal life began when we accepted God's free gift of saving salvation through Jesus. 
And because Jesus is our only source of eternal life, we have the privilege of knowing him intimately as the bread of life. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. Those who believe in me will never thirst. People eat bread to satisfy a physical hunger and to sustain physical life. But we can satisfy our spiritual hunger and sustain our spiritual life when we are in right relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a no wonder he called himself the bread of life, but bread must be eaten to sustain life. And Jesus must be invited into our daily walk to sustain spiritual life. John chapter four, verse 14, Jesus says, but the water I give them takes away thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. Many spiritual functions are parallel to our physical needs. Our bodies tell us when we hunger and thirst. And believe it or not, so do our souls. We must be alert and in tune with the Holy Spirit to adapt and tune in to our very present help that resides right within us. The Holy Spirit fills us. And Jesus fulfills a life-giving role by being our bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Darkness can never extinguish God's light. Evil never has and never will overcome God's light. Jesus is the creator of life and his life brings light to humanity. When we follow Jesus, we do not have to walk blindly through life. We are all sinners who are all in need of a savior. He alone lights our paths, directing and guiding us. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 instructs us to trust in the Lord with all our heart, not depending on our own understanding, seeking his will in all that we do, and then he will direct our paths. Do you see how that verse is that if you do this, then you will get that kind of verse? It's known to be a favorite among ministers. We can trust God even at times when all else feels lost. This is the best decision we can make following the one we make accepting eternal salvation. God knows what is best for us. He alone is a better judge of what we want than sometimes we are. Going to God in prayer with all of our decisions will save us time, heartache, and expense in the long run. While we are responsible for our choices, we must not omit careful thinking or even belittle our God-given reasoning abilities. However, we also need to be on alert for being wise in our own eyes. God will direct our steps through prayer. When we allow the Bible to guide us and we follow God's leading as he illuminates our paths, ensuring we will not stumble. You see, light is a symbol for spiritual truth. 
Jesus alone is the universal answer for all of people's need of spiritual truth. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said to the people, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus was teaching this lesson in the temple, in the area where the offerings were put. This area was known as the temple treasury. In this same area, candles were burning to symbolize the pillar of fire that led the people of Israel through the wilderness. God had given our ancestors, the Hebrews, a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire so they would know day and night that God was with them on their journey to the promised land. The Bible is our assurance that God is with us and that God has given us the authority to enact what his word states. The Israelites didn't have this light source. We find the sacred presence of God on each page illuminating our journey. The pillars of cloud and fire were examples of a theophany, meaning God appearing in physical form. In this form, God lighted Israel's path, protected them from their enemies, provided reassurance, and controlled their movements. All of this inspired the burning zeal the Israelites had for the one true God. When Jesus says he is the light of the world, he is referring to the pillar of fire representing God's very presence, protection, and guidance. He indeed remains the light of the world, the spiritual world. The sun is needed to provide light for the earth, but someday it will burn out. Jesus's flame will never be extinguished. Jesus is our commander in chief, the one we follow. He is our master, our Lord. We can follow his trusted advice. He provides us with the groundwork for our lives within the pages of scripture. Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, John tells us that on his robe and thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This title indicates our Lord's sovereignty. When he returns again, suddenly out of heaven ride Christ and his army of angels. His entrance will signal the end of the false powers. In my opinion, a great way to share the love, light, and peace of Christ with a fellow believer is to touch their forehead in the sign of a blessing, in the sign of a cross, praying over them. I see the light inside of you. Amen. This provides a renewed spark and help keeps their light burning bright so that they can also be a blessing and go out and share it. We've all heard Jesus is our good shepherd. A well-known scripture verse is that of John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. The thief is Satan, known as the bad shepherd. At night, sheep were often gathered into a sheepfold to protect them from thieves, bad weather, or other animals. The shepherd protected the sheep at all costs. Jesus 
is our good shepherd. He cares for his flock. Ezekiel predicted the coming Messiah in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 23, where he prophesied, and I will set one shepherd over them. Even my servant David, he will feed them and be a shepherd to them. And in John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus explained, I assure you, I am the gate for the sheep. The shepherd functioned as the gate within the sheepfold. He was their protection. Jesus is the gate to God's salvation for us. Did you get that? That's huge. Jesus is the gate to God's salvation for us. One more time, because friends, this is how you're going to make it to heaven and have eternal life. Jesus is the gate. He is the only gate to God's salvation for us. He is our security, our safety. Jesus is God's son. He is our approach into eternal life forever, forevermore. He tells us in John chapter 14, verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the father except through me. This verse is foundational and yet paramount for a Christian to understand. The only way to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Because he is both deity and human, he unites our lives through him. People have attempted to argue that Jesus couldn't possibly be the only way to the Father. I've even heard New Age people who are insistent that there are many paths leading and ushering a person right into the presence of God. Friends, this is false teachings. It's just plain erroneous. It's said one path via Jesus is too narrow. But in reality, that quote-unquote narrow path is wide enough to include the entire world. Should we all choose it? Our focal point should stand upon God's word with grateful hearts as we express thankfulness to God for ensuring us with one fail-safe method for entering into the kingdom of God. Jesus is our path to the Father. Jesus is the reality of God's promises and blessings. He's the one that holds the spiritual laws together within the pages of scripture. He joins his divine life to ours, both in the now and for eternity. He is the source of life and the power over death. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired hand will tend sheep for money, but a shepherd owns the sheep and is committed to them. For Jesus, we are not a job. He loves us and says he will lay down his life for us. Jesus appropriated the prophetic images of the Messiah pictured within the Old Testament. This is a claim to divinity, focusing on Jesus's love and guidance. John chapter 11 verse 25 records Jesus telling Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. You see, we must understand that Jesus has 
power over life and death, as well as power to forgive sins. This is because he is the creator of life. He who is life can surely restore life. Whoever believes in Jesus has a spiritual life that death cannot conquer or diminish in any way. When we realize his power and how wonderful his offer to us really is, how can we not commit our lives to him? He gives us a beautiful reassurance in John chapter 14, verse 19, where he says, In just a little while, the world will not see me again, but you will, for I will live again, and you will too. When Jesus made it clear that he is the way, the truth, and the life, his words show us that he has already prepared eternal life for us. The only issue remaining that may be unsettled within us is our unbelief. He is the message and the meaning for all people. By saying he is the way, he was inferring he is the method. The truth is his message and the life is meaning for all people. This summarizes his purpose for coming to earth in human form. And finally, Jesus called himself the true vine in John chapter 15 verse 1. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Think about a grapevine. It's a prolific plant. A single vine bears many grapes. In the Old Testament, grapes symbolize Israel's fruitfulness in doing God's work on the earth. Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener who cares for the branches to make them fruitful. Branches symbolize all believers who claim to follow Christ. Fruitful branches are true believers who by their living union with Jesus produce much fruit. But then there are others who make a superficial commitment and are unproductive, turning back from Christ. These people will be separated from the vine. These unproductive followers are as good as dead and will be cut off and cast aside. Friends, don't let that be you. Be a fruitful branch. The true vine title has an important second part. You are the branches, as in so many of his other names. Jesus reminds us that just as the branches gain life from the vine and cannot live apart from it, so we too are completely dependent upon Jesus for spiritual life. As you can see, Jesus identifies with many names. Again, each name carries significance with it for the role that it played. To recap, he had a favorite name, and that was Son of Man. As a giver, he is the bread of life. He is the light of the world and the gate for the sheep. He also is the ultimate good shepherd. He is the resurrection and the life and will always be the way, the truth, and the life. And as our spiritual leader, he is the true vine. Now friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, wouldn't now make a good time? God made it clear to enter in to the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son Jesus by professing with their mouth 
listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ to never sin, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. While we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus, what we can do is show him gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him and deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage. Really put your faith into action and openly confess after me. Father God, today I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin from the top of my head to the soles of my feet at the cross on Calvary. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church and surround yourself with other like-minded believers who will help to build up and edify your faith in Jesus. Now, allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to use your spiritual authority, how to be joyful, what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And friends, much of today's podcast is referenced straight out of the Bible. So if you're finding this content to be inspiring and encouraging, then I would greatly recommend that you tune back in for more. And until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. John gives us a parting blessing in Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.